Welcome to Energy Insights. Today we're speaking with Katrin Wu about supply chain decarbonization in the technology sector. We cover topics like what supply chains include, Apple's decarbonization strategy and its new commitments, how Microsoft and Samsung compare to Apple with supply chain decarbonization commitments, the price of consumer goods during the energy transition, and many other topics. Katrin is a climate and energy campaigner at Greenpeace East Asia. She focuses on corporate energy transitions and the technology industry's supply chain. Currently, she leads Greenpeace East Asia's campaign that calls for technology company suppliers to transition to renewable energy. It was great getting Katrin on Energy Insights, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. So we're rolling. Okay, so we are here with Katrin Wu. Katrin, thank you so much for coming on Energy Insights. Thank you for inviting me. So today I wanted to touch on supply chains and the issue about decarbonizing supply chains. But first, I think I wanted to just get a little bit about who you are and to give listeners an idea about your background and and what you're working on. Yes. Um, so um, my name is Catherine and uh, I'm the campaigner from um, Greenpeace East Asia. So my current focus is on emission from the tech supply chain part and also like the renew- renewable energy transition for all, tech su- uh, for t- all tech suppliers. Yes. So that's basically what I'm focusing on right now. How, how long have you been looking at the tech sector for? I guess it's from 2021 and though we started to focusing on the whole Asian tech supply, well, like tech industry going for renewable energy. But now since most of the companies are on the track or like they have committed to 100% renewable energy, we have now started to looking at the whole supply chain part of the emission of the industry. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, before we get into the details about decarbonizing supply chains, I think it might be worth going over what a supply chain is exactly. I mean, for most people, I think a supply chain is basically the product and how it gets to your door, for example. But there's obviously much more to a supply chain. So I was just wondering if you could give us a brief, you know, description of what what a supply chain actually has, if you look at the details. Sure. So I guess as consumers, when we receive the electronics products, you know, like we don't really think about how the products are made or like who make them. Um, but the fact is like most famous tech companies that we are very familiar with, for example, Apple or Microsoft, they don't usually make all the components of their products or they don't manufacture any components at all. So they need to find some other companies to manufacture the parts or assemble them together. Um, We can take um, iPhone as an example. So Apple doesn't have any manufacturing line. So Apple needs to find the best suppliers to, you know, like supply different parts for its products. In our case, iPhone. So as such as chips, displays, wires, and also like batteries. And then uh, when Apple gets all these parts, 
they need to look for some other companies to, I mean, like some like trustworthy uh, suppliers to final assemb- uh, finally assemble them together. And this kind of like manufacturing process that Apple requires to make its products is actually supply chain. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes on in there. And I think that supply chain decarbonization is, you know, it's become a really big issue over the past few years. I think if you, even if you go back just a few years, it wasn't really in the conversation, you know, at least from a general perspective, but today it's become quite important. So I think from your perspective, why do you think that supply chain decarbonization has you know, grown in importance today compared to, you know, even just a few years ago, maybe a decade, if you go back. Yes, definitely. I think Greenpeace started to looking at tech industries emission, I guess, like a decade ago. And in actually in March, when I was in a conference and there are some like, there were some like companies there, companies start to say, okay, so like 2023 is like the starting point for them to looking at supply chain emissions. Um, so since, you know, like we have already into this kind of like supply chain emission stage and lots of like tech companies, they were like facing like the pressure to reduce their emissions like 10 years ago. And actually some of the companies that we know, like Apple, Google, they have, you know, like pledged to achieve 100% renewable energy across their operations and also in some cases, they have already achieved this goal like a few years in the past. And uh, when these brands have made some progress and the society have been thinking and looking at their scope one and two and three emissions, and also they discovered where the industry's emissions really are, and it's actually like the manufacturing process. And uh, but like le- much less attention have been you know like paid onto those like emissions coming from like text te- uh, electronic supply chain. So uh, so I think there is a statistic saying that over seventy percent of the electronics industry emission coming from its supply chain. And uh, we also did a research into um, specific industry from those like supply chain parts. So we looked into like the semiconductor industry alone is actually projected to emit um, more than 80 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent in 2030, which is more than twice Portugal's annual carbon emissions. So yes, so it's like a very, I guess, like forgettable part of like the industry's emission. But luckily we are here and talking about this issue today. Speaking about big companies, I think one company that I I did want to talk about was Apple, for example. I mean, and now compared to a lot of companies, it seems that Apple is trying to make an effort to reduce their carbon footprint. I mean, I think just off the top of my head, some of the things they've done in the recent past is reducing their packaging size, for example, or sourcing all of their operations in their headquarters, energy, the electricity from renewable energy. But I think this year, Apple made a pretty big announcement um, recently about a few products. And I did want to talk about some of the issues and the unknowns behind that. But I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that announcement. What made it different? Yes, I think it was in September or just like um, early October. 
they made a very creative video to, I guess, like demonstrate its progress on decarbonization this year. And uh, the video actually showcased the Apple's decarbonization from, I guess, like few angles, including Apple's renewable energy transition, decarbonization efforts by its suppliers, and also material circularity, uh, water conservation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, so like, I guess like the video is only, you know, like demonstrating its progress, but actually in last year, Apple announced that like by 2030, all of its products will be carbon neutral or like manufactured with uh, renewable energy. And in the very recent re video, the company announced that more than 300 of its suppliers had committed to manufacturing Apple's products by using renewable energy. And I guess like overall, it's like a very good initiative. And I think Apple's influence is huge and uh, pushing its supply chain to decarbonize and also recognize the important role that uh, renewable energy plays in supply chain decarbonization is very crucial today because lots of company uh, haven't even realized that. However, I guess like when we examine these top suppliers decarbonization and also renewable energy transition progress, um, the result is actually very hard to see and some of the very big supply uh, suppliers are, I guess, like stay in the shadow of like Apple's announcement and also avoid to take their own responsibilities to reduce their own emissions. Um, so in the result, they have very low uh, renewable energy ratios at the present. So, for example, like you mentioned, Apple had claimed that a lot of their suppliers are using renewable energy now. Is there any way to verify this? I mean, I'm just thinking about how complex some supply chains are and how difficult it must be to make sure that every single one is, you know, using clean energy. And especially because a lot of them are located in different countries, for example. So there's like different, um, you know, regulations and different rules from particular governments, for example. Is there any way to verify Apple's claims or is there, you know, some issues there? Yes, I think in Apple's case, I guess it's not like an industry secret and they're actually like publishing or like releasing this kind of like stories online as well. Like every Apple suppliers, they have their own Apple like manufacturing line. It's only for Apple. It's not for any other like companies. And uh, within this like manufacturing line for Apple, they will have like specific, I guess, like measurement to measure like how much electricity that you have been made. And uh, nowadays in the markets, company can purchase renewable energy from like, I guess, like different options. So for example, um, they can build their own, I guess, like renewable energy, a rooftop solar system at their facilities or invest in like renewable energy plants or like signing um, this kind of like power purchase agreements with other electricity producers. And also there are some easy easy options for them to purchase renewable energy, um, such as, I guess, like um, their buying certificates. So it can be like showcasing, okay, so I have used this much amounts of like electricities and it can be like offset by the the certificates 
So I guess like when Apple calculating how much renewable energy is that their um, suppliers have been using, they can do it in like different ways and uh, see like actually like certificates or like the, the evidence for them to, uh, to uh, from them to use renewable energies. What about what about other tech companies? I mean, like Microsoft and and Samsung come to mind. What what are their decarbonization? you know, strategies looking like in, in their own supply chains. I mean, has there been any research suggesting that, that those other two big tech companies are going in the right direction or are they not doing enough? Yeah, so, so far we haven't seen, well, like these companies, these two companies have committed to 100% renewable energy in their own operations, but not across their supply chains like Apple has been doing so far. And um, like in Samsung's case, um, the company announced last year only, like it will achieve 100% renewable energy and also net zero by 2050. But I guess like the really key point is Samsung so far has not included its supply chain, its like net zero targets. And the transitioning um, timeline for the energy is also very far away. So I guess like for Samsung, it still has like a long way to go. And I guess like for um, Microsoft, I guess like Apple has set a pretty good like benchmark for all the tech companies, either in committed 100% renewable energy across its own supply chain. I think like Microsoft can do the same. And we actually expecting like all these big companies um, to do the same. Now mentioning Microsoft, it, it actually... I was thinking about a recent bit of news that I read about Microsoft about their deal that they recently signed um, paying for carbon removals from direct air capture, so like sucking carbon out of the air. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. And do you think that this also could be an option for some tech companies to to pursue in the future? Or are there any problems with, with this kind of approach? I think for us, we're looking at the most efficient way to for company to decarbonize themselves instead of, you know, like going different direction or like going, like putting new efforts. Of course, like these kind of like new technology will be good to have. But I think the most important thing is like we have to deal like, we have to like face climate change right now. And it's like urgency. Why not choosing the most effective, you know, like methods such as like transitioning to renewable energy um, right away instead of like you're spending more time and more resources into developing new technologies. So I think that's how our, I guess, like thoughts on this kind of like developing new technologies, like we have to use the most effective way to decarbonize. So, so bearing in mind everything that we've talked about, there's still an issue for, for companies, whether they're in tech or in other industries and about how complex their supply chains are. And I think keeping keeping track of all of these little suppliers is going to be really difficult work in the future. Uh, how do you think this could be made easier? I mean, do you have any, Does, for example, do you have any ideas about any particular program that could make keeping track of these, these suppliers and, and what kind of energy they use, for example, a bit easier? compared to what it is now? Yeah, I think um, 
while like it is crucial that tech companies continue to track their supply chain emissions. And I guess like the fundamental question comes down to whether suppliers will take more responsibility in, I guess, like emission reduction and also increase their awareness of the important role that um, transitioning to renewable energy is. Um, because when we're talking about uh, supply chain decarbonization, we're actually talking about other companies' responsibility, right? So like if we're talking about Apple's supply chain emission reduction, we're talking about, it sounds like Apple's responsibility for somehow because it's like a business relationship, but suppliers is also like an individual company. So if we're looking at top, I guess, like 10 suppliers from Apple, we're looking at TSMC, Samsung Electronics, you know, like luxury position. And all these companies have gone public onto like the stock, onto the stock markets. And they're all like, you know, like having like billions of like revenue on their own, like every year. So all these suppliers have to realize that supply chain decarbonization is not some other company's responsibility to keep reminding them like decarbonize or like transitioning to renewable energy. It's like individual companies' efforts and also like ambition level. They have to level up their ambition level and also level up their speed up their, you know, like like energy transition progress. So I think if every company can take their own responsibilities, like supply chain tracking progress will be like much easier for like other companies because everyone is working all together. I think this also brings to mind the idea about, uh, for me anyway, about circular economies. I mean, this concept has been around for a very long time, but lately it's been getting a little more attention do you think that like circular economy models could could potentially help as well in decarbonizing supply chains? Yeah, um, I think like this kind of model will definitely help like supply chain decarbonization process. And I think there are some companies using, you know, like recycled materials to, you know, like manufacturing their electronics parts. And uh, I think more companies need to put in efforts in using recycled materials and urge their suppliers to do so as well. But um, uh, if we're looking at supply chain decarbonization in a more scientific way, we should evaluate, I guess, like firstly, evaluate companies' GHG emissions. Like, what does that look like? Um, So GHG protocol is the standard and also like the guidance to measure companies' emissions. So it uh, comes down to like three scopes. So the scope one is actually um, the direct emission from companies owned and also like controlled like sources or energy. Um, The scope two is actually the indirect emissions coming from companies purchased electricity. And the scope three are all the indirect emissions. So like not included into like the scope two that occurred in the company's value chain, value chain parts. So like including both like upstream and also like downstream parts. So if we're looking at this kind of like GSG, um, like emissions of a company, of a supply chain company, we could easily find out that most of 
the comp where the where the most uh, emissions coming from. So in the supply chain case, in the manufacturing manufacturing companies case, like most of like companies emission coming from their electricity consumption. So if we want to deal with this part, so like if we want to like reduce this part of emission, so it will be like what like over sixty percent of like companies emission. We can we'll, we'll we'll know like what kind of like emission reduction option that we want to choose, which is transitioning to renewable energy. So that's the easiest way to do so. One thing that's a little, I think, a concern for a lot of people is when people talk about transitioning to, for example, like a clean supply chain from, you know, when a transition always means going from something old to something new, right? So I think one thing that concerns people is cost and does transitioning to a new supply chain mean that costs go up? And of course, that means consumers have to pay more as well because the, the supply is kind of trying to figure out how to balance things. Um, do you think that cost is, is going to become an issue with as more supply chains decarbonize? I don't think it will be necessarily more expensive than others. For example, if we're looking at Apple's like carbon neutral watch, it's actually not more expensive than it's like previous pro uh, like watches. And it, we also need to think, oh, we also need to understand that some of the approaches that like companies take, for example, you know, like we just mentioned transitioning to renewables has become very mainstream and uh, the cost of like using renewable energies is actually cheap and company can gain some like financial benefits from adopting a different sourcing strategy. And what about what about consumers? Do you think that consumers have a role to play in all of this, uh, you know, or is this simply just a big issue for say governments and and, and businesses to take on? Do, do you think consumers can play a role in, in trying to push companies to decarbonize supply chains? Yes, I definitely think consumer has responsibility to do so. And actually like all, you know, like all stakeholders, like governments, tech companies, like suppliers, they all have like responsibilities to advocate for a greener, I guess, like tech product and also like industries as well. And the uh, key stakeholders like tech brands and also their suppliers must, you know, like level up their decarbonization ambitions and also progress in order to, you know, align with our global climate agenda for sure. Yeah. And so being mindful of your time, Katrina, I just, I just had one more question for you. So putting everything together, what are your thoughts on the current direction of supply chain decarbonization. Do you think that the globe is on the right track now? Do you think that things are moving quick enough or do you think it needs to be, you know, do you think more needs to be done? I definitely think like more needs to be done and uh, like more company can join the force of like getting this industry cleaner and greener. And we will actually release a latest version of um, supply chain ranking on November 21st. So let's stay tuned. And uh, I guess like the result I'm seeing so far is quite unexpected. So when does that re release um, come out? Sorry, 21st November. So like 21st of yeah. November. Okay. And is that looking at 
every big tech company or just a select few? Um, so we're looking at um, top manufacturing companies, so like suppliers, emission reduction progress, and is renewable energy transitioning progress. So yeah, it will be fun. Awesome, Katrin. Well, thank you so much for taking out the time to, to talk with us today. Really appreciate it and, and really looking forward to the report coming out. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. If you found this episode valuable, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, share it with your friends or colleagues, and visit our website at energytracker.asia for more. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time on Energy Insights.